return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. As she comes to share. Praise God. God's good, huh? Y'all feeling loved? Yes. All right. Well, let's open with prayer. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you so much that you are the God of resurrection. You're the God of renewal and revival and restoration. You're the God of resuscitation. And Lord, we need a little revival. We need a little resuscitation. We need the fire back. We need our fight back. And Lord, I'm asking that you would cause your army to get up out of our ruts and our graves and to stand up on our feet and advance the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So the passage I'd like to use tonight is Ezekiel 37. It's about an entire army who've lost their fight. God takes Ezekiel on this little field trip Kind of an eerie one, but uh, here we go. We're going to start here in verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and he caused me to pass by them round about. Now, this roundabout, maybe you get in the picture that God's just kind of taken him in one of those golf carts just around the valley. Well, that's, that's not what this means. It means very thorough inspection. So he got up real close so that he could see the bones, that there were many. It says, behold, there were many in the open valley. How many, how many bones in the human body? Anybody know? 206. 206. And we have an entire army here. So we have a whole lot of bones. And it says, lo, they were very dry. Dry bones indicates they've been dead for a while. There might be some smell, but mostly they're dry. Now, since this message is for you and me, maybe we should just ask right up front, what might be dead in my life? What might need a little resuscitation? My finances, my health, my marriage, a certain relationship, my passion, my ministry, my prayer life. I hope you can think of something. Because God really does want to revive and resuscitate us. Of course, this whole chapter is about God's desire to revive and resuscitate the whole nation of Israel. But we can take all of the word of God, right? And apply it. Um, Verse 3, he said unto me, this is God talking to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones... Live And I answered, Lord, you know. I mean, what if you were the one inspecting, looking all, at all these bones, hundreds, thousands of bones, 
They're dry. They're dead. This isn't like a factory, like where all the hip bones are over here and all the ankle bones are over here and all the neck bones over here. They're just all disjointed. They're not connected. I mean, maybe if we saw a bunch of cadavers on the ground, we could think, oh, sure, Lord. All you'd have to do is just say the word and they'll all just stand up. But we're not seeing cadavers. We're seeing bones, completely dead, dry, disjointed bones. So it took a little bit of faith on Elijah's part, not Elijah, Ezekiel's part to say, you know, Lord, (laughs) you know. I mean, it is, it had to have looked like a big impossibility, don't you think? Verse 4. And again, he says to me, did I give you the rest? Verse 4, sir. Oh, there it is, huh? Okay, sorry. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones. Now, this is God's command. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and I will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Now, verse 7 is a very important verse. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking and the bones came together, bone to his bone. Next one. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy now to the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind. This is the word ruach. It's the same word for spirit. Wind, breath. I want you to say then to the breath of God, to the wind, to the ruach. Say, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath, came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Now, I really want you to understand that what God's showing him here is an army. They used to have swords and shields and strength and fight, and they were advancing and and fighting for the Lord, right? I don't know, have you ever lost, met someone who's lost their fight? You know, they stop caring what they're wearing. They stop bathing, some of them. They just kind of, the, the word the Lord gave me once for a lady when I was praying for her is, he said, she's just laid down on the inside. She's not even walking, mean, you know, we know the phrase, the walking dead man. But it's more than that. I mean, if your inside is laying down, you've just kind of given up. It is possible, friends, to lose your fight to the point of despairing of life. It happened to the Apostle Paul. He talks about it in 2 Corinthians 1.8. He says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. And then if you took that verse from Romans 7.24, just by itself, where it says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He's struggling here. Maybe you've been there. So much trouble, so much difficulty, 
such profound grief that you despaired of life, or sometimes it's not such a bad thing, it's just one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, come on. And it just can take you down. Or the failure, if you ever failed. Well, I have. And it kind of eats away at you, and you kind of don't want to try again. The failure, the betrayal sometimes, that's so deep that it feels like there's no reason to go on. We need to see, I want you to see this valley of dry bones as hopelessness. Because that's what Ezekiel saw. Dry bones, thousands of them laying all over the place. No connections, no life, nothing. And then God dares to say, can these bones live? And we all tried to, I tried to explain this before. I mean, it looked impossible, right? I mean, maybe you have something in your life right now. When I asked about something dead, you thought, well, not that, because that's hopeless. Not that. I mean, sometimes we just already put it like, can't happen, can't happen. No, you have to see what Ezekiel saw here and understand his response when he said, Lord, you know, means that, okay, if there's any kind of hope here, it's connected to God and obeying God and following his direction. And the first command God gave him in verse 4 was prophesy to these bones. Now, please don't let this word throw you off. Prophesy simply means declare. Speak it out loud. So even when Ezekiel didn't necessarily have the faith, because he wasn't just brimming with faith right now. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of faith. But still, he prophesied the word of the Lord. Why? Because he had such faith high regard for the power of the word of God. And even, friends, when he didn't know if the word would work, like, so, I mean, I think every one of us know God's word's powerful. But can it really, really do something about my situation? That mess that I've got? (laughs) But still, Ezekiel prophesied the word of the Lord. And friends, there will never be rejuvenation without the word of God. We've got to hear it and speak it and prophesy it. The living, breathing, life-giving word of God, it's got to get into our heart. How does it get into our heart? You speak it. You read it. You mutter it. You sing it. You do it all again. You read it. You speak it. You sing it. You mutter it. You've got to do that over and over and over before it gets down into your heart. Once it's in your heart, and then it's in your mouth, I mean, that's when some revival can happen, some resuscitation. Anyone who's lost their fight must first hear the word of the Lord. Now, it's not going to be a feeling, friends, that does it. I mean, um, when we get so low, when our grief is so deep, when our heart is broken, or a marriage is broken, or a business is broken, there's no feeling that's going to make it all right. You know, some people honestly, like, I'm just going to wait till I feel it. That's not going to do it. We've got to, if we want to get our fight back, we have to have the word of the Lord. We have to say to to those dead bones, you shall live. live. We exert so much energy in the flesh trying to fight back, friends, but it's the word of God that has the power to revive. And I want to say, let's fight words with words. I don't know, has the enemy been busy talking to you? He's a master at putting it in the first person. Maybe you're dealing with, I don't know, like anger. It doesn't come like, you're angry, you're mad. 
You're boiling mad. No, instead it's thoughts like, I am so angry I could kill him. Or, this is the end of my life. I might as well kill myself. I mean, he puts it in first person. So you've got to pay attention to those and just slam the door shut on that and prophesy the word of the Lord. We've got to be immersed in, saturated with God's words of life. So God took Ezekiel to this hopeless place and encouraged him to do something about it. We have to do something about it. We have to speak God's word to those dead bones. Speak God's word to your child's disease. Speak God's word to your neighbor's addiction. Speak God's word to the brokenness of our nation. Speak God's word over yourself. Who was it I was listening to this morning? I think it was Dr. Jeremiah. He was saying, so many people will get their Bibles out and they find the promises and they underline them. And that's it. We have to do more than underline them, friends. We have to declare them and speak them. Hallelujah. So he's saying, Ezekiel, you do something about it. You get the word of the Lord in your mouth and speak it. And this is what Ezekiel was told to prophesy. Come on, talk to these human remains. Talk to what used to be. And that's what he says here. I stood in the midst of what was and is no more, and I spoke the word of the Lord. I prophesied to something that I didn't think I'd ever see live again. I was reading the other day in one of the little books, the free books out there on the table. Lots of you try to pick some of those up, right? Or am I the only one who loves to read? (laughs) Anyway, I picked up this little book by um, Pastor Cho from South Korea. And he was doing a little teaching on the seven principles of faith. And the first one, and he used Genesis chapter 1. And uh, the first one, of course, I've used a lot. Let there be light. Have you prayed like that? Let there be light. Whew. And there it is. His second principle was new to me. I'd never really seen it before. And he uses the scripture from Genesis 1-6, and I asked Jeremy to find us the NIRV. All right, God said, let there be a huge space now between the waters, and let it separate water from water. And that's exactly what happened. God made the huge space between the waters. He separated the water under the space from the water above it. And God called that huge space sky. There was evening and there was morning and it was day two. So, you know, in Genesis 1-2 it says, In the beginning the earth was for, uh, without form and void. And there was darkness on the face of the deep. So God took care of the darkness. Da-da, there's light. There's still no sun, moon, or stars until the fourth day. But at this point, he's saying, well, okay, Pastor Cho says like this. All that water represents despair. It it represents hopelessness. It represents no potential. Kind of like our valley of bones over here. Uh, No potential here. Nothing. Nothing I can work with, supposedly. But then all of a sudden there's sky, there's hope. And then he said something that I had never seen before, and that was in regards to the ark that Noah built. God said build a door on the side, and then of course God closed the door, and they couldn't go out or see through it, but God had him make one window. And the window was not on the side. The window was in the roof. Never could they look out and see the devastation. 
Never could they look out and see, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's bad. No, the window was only in the roof so they could look at the sky, the hope. And that's what we got to do, friends. In the middle of our valley of dry bones, we've got to look up. We've got to look into the hope and the assurance of the word of God. I got myself lost because I was saying stuff I wasn't going to say, but that's okay, right? Ezekiel 37.7, I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Now, there was an immediate effect when he spoke the word of the Lord. Sometimes there's some noise. Sometimes there's some mess. We can't always see what God's up to, but God's word works. And God knows how to make things fit. We don't have to manipulate and try to get this and that. If we will just speak the word of the Lord, God will put things together. I don't care how scattered things are. I don't care how broken things are. I don't care how wounded you are. If you will be like Ezekiel and prophesy the word of the Lord to those dead bones, you can be a participator then in a miracle. God's power will do the work. So it was with the very first proclamation of the words. Um, actually, let's read one more time verses 4, and four, 5, and 6. Again he said to me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall know. Oops, I got myself lost. Where am I? Verse 6. Thank you. And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So, as soon as he spoke the word of the Lord, There was something that happened. What's God doing to start with? Does he start with the flesh and the sinew? No. First he gets the bones together. It's the infrastructure. It's the skeletal thing that he works with first. And that's what God's up to in any of our situations. If we will dare to speak the word of the Lord, then you can know that God's at work. He's getting us ready to face the future without fear. That's a big deal right now in every one of our lives. He's getting rid of the valley mentality. We can't be constantly focused on the failure or the defeat that happened back there in the valley or the shame that came with it because God is building infrastructure, changing our identities to match his, transforming our thinking patterns so that we're ready to face the mountains, to fight the battles and know they're already won. He's making connections. Even in the middle of this pandemic, he's making connections. You're getting your stamina back. Anybody? The fire is back. We're going to get our fight back. One way or the other. He needs you, friends. You are his warriors right now on planet Earth. Don't worry if it's noisy. Don't worry if it's messy. Don't worry if it's not moving the way you thought it should. God is building infrastructure. So you will be able to stand this time strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So after Ezekiel spoke to the bones, God commanded him then to speak to the wind or to the breath 
or the Spirit of the Lord. Verse 9, then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Now again, prophesy means what? Speak, declare, talk to the Holy Spirit. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Breathe upon these slain. That's why I had you want, I wanted you to think about what is dead, what needs to be revived. Because that's what we're supposed to speak to. God's saying, speak to the memories. Speak to the fragments. Speak to the pieces. Speak to the remains of your marriage, of your finances, of your family, of your dreams, of your relationships. First, we speak the word of the Lord. And then we call for the breath of God. Now, am I going so fast that I completely missed something I wanted to say? (laughs) Let me go back here to Romans chapter 4. This whole business of God using the word of the Lord to revive, to resurrect, and to resuscitate is also repeated in the New Testament. This whole little passage in Romans 4, 18, 19, and 20 is that glorious section where it says, Abraham staggered not at the promise. Well, it looks to me like he had a few issues, but the Bible declares that he staggered not. He was fully persuaded, the Bible says. So that's hope for you and I, guys. We might start a little shaky, like maybe even like Ezekiel. Like, I don't think this can even happen. But if we will just exercise our faith and keep building up our faith. But okay, going back then to verse 17. I want you to see the connection here. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead, resurrected the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. I want you to see the connection here, always in the scripture. If you want to resurrect the dead, if you want some resuscitation or revival, you've got to call things which be not as though they were. Because when Ezekiel's speaking to these bones, you dead bones live. Um, Well, that's sort of calling things that be not as though they were, right? There's always a connection with God. If you want resuscitation, you have got to speak the word of the Lord. So let's go back then to Ezekiel. When he says to breathe upon these slain, we first speak the word of the Lord and then we call for the spirit of the Lord, the breath of God. And so what God's saying is here to you and me, I want to breathe on that area where you failed. I want to breathe on your deepest pain. I want you to call for the wind of God and let me breathe on it. I know how you feel about it, God says. I mean, some of us have talked about our feelings and talked about our feelings and talked about our feelings. Our friends know. Our relatives know. Our counselors know. God knows. But God says, come on, let my spirit at it now. Let me breathe upon it. And the Bible says that as the wind began, all of a sudden sinews and flesh came upon these bones. And verse 10, what a glorious verse. (laughs) And they lived. And they stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. I mean, it was an amazing thing what happened in 1948, the whole story of Israel becoming a nation. 
For generations, the enemies tried to wipe out the Jewish people, but never. I mean, wasn't this one of the worst? One-third of the Jewish population burned in those incinerators. It was just a terrible thing. And the other two-thirds are forced to leave their homes. They had to move into different cultures, different environments. They had to learn different languages. And yet, they came back as a nation, and they built... They're a new, a new country, a new, new place. I mean, oh, I, I wrote another verse down here, Nehemiah 4, 2. Did I give you that one? I mean, talk about a comeback, right? Yeah. Here they were they just about destroyed. Yeah. And yet, here they are now, a nation. And it made me remember this verse here in Nehemiah. These are two of the enemy who's, um, what's the right word, and tried to intimidate and Make fun and mock. They say, uh, he spoke before his brethren and the army of... Is this the right one? Yes, okay. What are these feeble Jews up to? Do they think they're going to fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? I don't care how you've been burned in life. God can revive. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And friends, if there's a comeback for a nation, there's a comeback for a family. And if there's a comeback for a family, there's a comeback for a person. So um, God is planning a comeback for you. Father, we look to you. We look up to the sky. Lord, help us to picture that ark with that window at the top. Lord, you want us to look up to the heavens where our help comes from. And I'm asking, Lord, for rejuvenation for your warriors sitting right here. I'm asking that you would stir faith in our hearts, that you would increase our faith in your word, that we would actually speak it, that you would increase our faith in your spirit, that we'd call for the spirit of God into our situations, that we would be revived, that we would get up on the inside. Will you just look at right now, see it, see your spirit man standing up, standing up, standing up on the inside. And Lord, we we dedicate ourselves to participate with you in the reviving of the dead in Jesus' name. Lord, teach us how to prophesy to our dead bones, to do something about the problem, the situation that seems so impossible. Teach us how to prophesy to the wind, to call for the spirit of the Lord. To get us up out of our graves and out of our ruts. And to stand up and be the army of the Lord. So stand up with me. I've got a couple declarations for you. Man, I'm done so quick and fast. How did I do this? All right. Say it with me. We are God's warriors. We are being revived. We are being resuscitated. We are getting our stamina back. We are standing up on the inside. We're standing on our feet. An exceeding great army. Exceeding great for the Lord. For the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Amen. You know, we got a couple minutes. Why don't you find a... Well, are we not supposed to touch each other and pray with each other? Can we pray with each other? They can pray. At a distance? Yeah. Yeah. Six yeah. feet apart? <laughs> All right. Just 
release revival to somebody else in the house right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.